All right, Inappropriate Earl, back, back for more of the number seventh ranked podcast on uh, iTunes. And I'd like to thank the three people out of the thousands that listen for leaving a review. Three people leave a fucking review out of a... Th- I mean, it literally takes 15 seconds. This podcast is good. That Less than 10 seconds. You guys are fucking unbelievable. I'm staring at about three grand worth of equipment. I haven't made a dollar on this podcast. I got to beg people to come over to my house. I just had the girl who was in the Britney Fox video, Girls School, say no to me. I mean, really? But today I got a guy on my couch who said yes to me. I think we did one of the most, uh, one of the longest uh, podcasts ever. It's like three hours uh, at the Comedy Store. Good times with Steve Simone. Please go on iTunes. Leave a review for that. If you're not going to leave one for mine, leave one for his. You guys are unbelievable. Uh, welcome, Comedy Store legend. Really, the nicest guy in comedy. And I—that's no BS. Like, there's Russell Peters, there's Dr. Ken, there's Jeff Ross, there's uh, you know Ralphie May, uh, who we'll get into in a second. And then, then none of them can hold a candle to Steve Simone. Uh, I mean, he makes me look like a dick. We all know everyone loves me, so except for one person, but we're working on that. Welcome, Mr. Steve Simone. Earl, thank you so much for not only the kind words, but letting me hang out with you. This is my first time at your house, and it's awesome, and I'm excited to be on your podcast, so thank you very much. It's taken far too long, because you're so busy. Uh, I can't say I'm busy. Um, that uh, It should have happened a long time ago. Yep, but let's celebrate the fact that it's happening now. And I always feel bad for like, guys like you and Dean Del Rey, who I've wanted on forever because dean's like the guy who got me thinking now oh, maybe i can do a podcast yeah dean's awesome oh he's the best he hustles so hard he's such an inspiration he really is uh he's uh just the guy's work ethic is unlike anyone i've ever seen in 18 years of comedy yeah it's unbelievable and yeah, and he's a great comic great dude you know it's like uh yep and he has this unbelievable ability to ask for things in a not aggressive way you know what i mean like He's always working with everybody because he's just so good at at being Dean. You know what I mean? But it's a uh, it's a cool way. Like some people, yes, I see, that's exactly what I mean. He's not annoying about it. No, um, no. And you know what I think it is? I think people just admire his hustle so much. You want to take? You want to? Are you taking pictures? People just admire his hustle so much that it's like you want to help him out. He's a good guy. He's funny. He works hard. He's the best. And he's great to go on the road with and uh, talk music, comedy. Yeah, uh, he's such a conversationalist that he could talk to you about every, he, he, whatever interest you have, he's going to have overlapping interests. And like, you know, persistence, I think, is key in this game. It's everything. It's the key to everything. Like, how long have you done comedy? 17 years. I'm 18. Uh, and I had done some open mics prior to that 17 years of me saying, all right, I'm quitting my job. I'm moving to California, and I'm going to try to find a way to make this work. And here we are 17, 18 years later. We're in the jungles. Uh, Took this long just to have opportunities. Yeah, oh, my God. Do you know God. what I mean? It takes forever just for somebody to go, all right, well, I guess you could do a spot. <laughs> I, I mean, guess my agent will represent you. Like it's, It takes forever. I mean, this is the first, I won't say the first year, but maybe like two two and a half years ago with roast battle of any success like yeah 15 16 years in I yeah it took me about 15 years just to sort of be like oh okay i can pay my rent this month with this yeah it took I mean, forever uh it's it's a crazy business but then you see people make it in two years 
Yep. Whatever making it is. You know what I really think too? That's a great way to put it. There's, there are people that I say hit the lottery. They, 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 they're able to get careers before they're necessarily merited, but that happens in all, in every facet of life. There's some people where that it just, they get lucky things break for them, but there's no shortcut to being great. Like when I look at Bill Burr, that's the type of comic I go, I, that's who I want to be. I want to be the best. I see Sebastian, Joe Rogan. Those guys have put their time in Joey Diaz. All those guys are 20, 25 years in easily. And I'd like to add Joe Rogan's name into that. Uh, nice guys of. Uh, he is the absolute best. With all the people he's helped and like put on his podcast. He oh, has, he's launched more careers than uh, probably the since Johnny Carson. Yeah. I'm I mean, being dead it, serious. Like you, you get that Rogan bump, man. It's like, that's it. You're real. Cause uh, he's so real that like when he says you're funny, his fans are like, you know what? Joe's not lying. Yeah, I mean, Joe's not going to palm like, uh, you know, no. some people out there would, uh, you know, maybe say something about someone they didn't like necessarily because they could get something from this particular person. Joe's like, if if he doesn't like you, he'll say it. Yes. And what are you going to do about it? It's He's fourth the toughest degree. guy ever to touch a microphone. I mean, oh, fourth degree, legit fourth degree. It's not like, because I, you know, when I watch the UFC, you see some of these guys get these black belts from like. Dude, he got his from Machado, didn't yeah. he? I'm almost certain, and I don't, I, I think this is true. I believe Joe Rogan is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt under Jean-Jacques Machado. Like, that's insane. Like fourth degree or something. Like, it's not oh like. Oh, my God. Dude, just, dude, if you're a purple belt under that guy, you could twist people up like a pretzel. A white belt, you mm -hmm. could kick ass. Uh, very you know, you, true. Very, you watch very some true. some of these fights in the ufc and they'll say well this guy's a black belt from uh you know little caesar's pizza and burbank uh, right you know it's like oh that's not really a black belt. dude i feel the same way about comedy though i feel the same like i feel like i would rather i'd rather take forever for me to make it but then have the confidence that i'm not going to get beat up on the streets comedically i don't want the elvis black belt you know what i mean i don't want to be one of those people that gets all the industry heat it has the big push. Everybody says how funny they are. And in two years, they're gone. And that happens a lot. It happens often. You know, you get... Uh, the lo the yeah. longer it takes. The longer it takes to make it, the longer you stay. That's the way I look at it. I think There's so. No shortcut. There's no shortcuts, Earl. I mean, there really aren't. I mean, I, I was talking with Eddie Ift last night. Same thing. It's like... Another great dude. Oh, I mean, there, I mean there's really more than just the, the four or five people I named, but... Uh, we're very blessed to have all those people in our lives. Oh, it's, I mean, Eddie F is like, I wish. Legit funny, legit cool. Nice guys. You know, mm -hmm. hey, can I help you or I'll get into this club? You know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I didn't even ask you to. Like, yeah, you can. Actually. Yes, please. Um, but, you know, I just, and not that uh, we deem anyone nice just because they're offering to help. But in this business. So few people do help. You need help. You need it. It's imp It's impossible well, you know what, man? I don't think I don't think it's possible to get through life without somebody's help. And it took me forever to realize that life was a team sport. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I didn't I didn't want to help. Like I didn't want to. I was good at helping, but I wasn't great at letting people help me. Like I thought less of it or something. But it's you can't survive. I mean, uh, it's, it's, I used to think the same way. You have to get help in comedy. You have to. Somebody's yeah, like. Paulie Shores helped me. Andrew Dice Clay's helped me. Uh, Gabriel Iglesias, uh, Ari Shafir, Steve Renazizi, the most those guys have helped me. 
There's a lot of like, uh, there's no way I would have survived even just without my friends. Just a, a conversation at the comedy store can be enough to keep you from quitting or, or, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> keeping a gun out of your mouth. That's, like, that's just, true. Just being nice to somebody, just a simple smile, a word of encouragement. Like, that's why I still try to hang out on Monday nights with all the open micers and employees up there to like be there for them. Does that make sense? Cause it's so difficult. It's so difficult this path. Well, especially at the comedy store, which is like, uh, you know, the number one club in the country. I mean, uh, you, you know, I know there's the cellar and the stand in New York. So it's at the very, very worst number two. Uh, isn't it amazing to see it? Because when we both started to hang out at the store, it was dead. It was number uh, 96. Yeah, it was uh, dead. I mean, you had uh, Funny Bones in Jacksonville. That were <laughs> With better shows. Fred, Fred, running over every penny spent. Uh, <laughs> but uh, now it's like, you look at some of the lineups, and like I was on one the other night. Like Rogan, Marin, Jazelnik, Theo, Vaughn. I, like, I don't even think I should be on this. It's insane. They're better than festival lineups on a school night. Tom Segura. Yeah, it'll like, be Segura, Sebastian. Yeah, and then, it's like what? You know, Joey Diaz, killers, killers, killers. Yeah, I mean, it's and like, if you can get the audience just to pay attention to you two hours into one of those shows, you're a monster. It makes yeah. you so much better. Especially like, I mean, you have a few TV credits. Yeah. You know, I have very few. You know, it's like they're the whole evening's been, you've seen this girl on Showtime, this guy on the Joe Rogan podcast, this guy on Comedy Central. And it's like, then they get to like us and it's like, yeah, you've seen this guy, Ralph. <laughs> well, you remember? It wasn't that long ago where nobody had credits. Nobody. But what I love about Adam is he passes uh, girls and guys, uh, even if they don't necessarily have, you know, like the most credits. He's amazing at what he does. <laughs> like I had zero credits. Like, uh, but you're funny. But like somebody asked me if the, the pro if if I thought the comedy store like door guy system, if the comedy store developmental system was still there, and I was like, ab absolutely. Even that now you have to be funny to be a door guy. That's how it used to be back. That's when Mitzi used to showcase. You had a showcase for that job. And every door guy, and uh, I think those two, oh, Chelsea's not a door girl, but uh, They're all Jessica, killers. Uh, the two girls and, and the rest who are door guys are like, all of them are funny. Yeah, they're killers. Like there's not one. There's no dead wood. Like I hosted the door guy showcase uh, last month and no one had a bad set. <laughs> you know, it was That's an awesome. hour and a half of like, <laughs> at the very worst, a good set. And, and I'm just, looking at adam going wow you got a tough job tonight man oh he's got a tough job all the time well, he's got a tough job every night it makes me think of like going back to that martial arts analogy i had a buddy of mine who got his black belt from eddie bravo he was he would always say iron sharpens iron that there's so many great comics at the comedy store that they make all of us better just yeah. being around that i mean even going on uh at you know one in the morning you're following you know a uh, joe dosh a candace thompson uh right know, and uh, after they'd seen everything yeah and then you're bringing up uh you know uh, jack knight or uh lucas hurl or josh martin or don barris like there's it's no amazing. weak spots there's no weak spots i mean it's like the yankees lineup uh you know you know the late 90s where it's like my god like yeah it's like the 27 yankees it's like garrick ruth it's insane it's 
such a honor to be there. Do you remember oh. when you first got there? I mean, I uh, I didn't last very long. My first go around at the store, uh, I think the first person I met there was uh, Gaylord Dangler. Perfect. <laughs> this crazy open micer, and then I I ran into the OR. I was like, I got to get this guy away from me. I thought he was a homeless guy. Like, I was like, he may have been. And then uh, the second guy, the first person I saw on the stage at the comedy store was Scotty Barron. Oh, perfect. Gina Shock of the Go-Go's. <laughs> yeah, and he did this thing. Uh, he was right in the middle of his uh, fucking Britney Spears in the ass bit with his cigar. He would like, like. I George don't know. Burns it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what that's called. George Burns it. Uh, and I like, you know, and then I stayed for the open mic, which Brody Stevens was hosting. And he made some kid cry because the <sighs> poor guy had bombed. And, uh, you know, this is before I knew and understood Brody. Looking yeah. back now, it's pretty funny. But he uh, he said to the kid as the guy's rushing off stage, where are you from, man? And the guy's like, La Jolla. And Brody was like, well, that drive just got a lot longer. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The kid just ran out crying. I'm like, oh. this might be too much for me. Yeah. I was very That's great. dark, man. Yeah, it was like it's like Scotty and Gaylord, and then Brody, and you know, and then uh, I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. So I literally didn't. I think I went to one more open mic where I got up, and uh, Bobby Lee, who I'd never met before, gave me the greatest intro ever, and then I bombed. For about, I, you know, I think I remember those shows. That's when you used to wear a hockey jersey yeah. all the time on stage, right? But I was, yeah, and I wasn't ready probably to be seen at the comedy store a year in. So I'm, I'm glad I got scared off. But uh, I, always, I remember talking to you then. Yeah, I mean, I, came, I think I came around for maybe another month without performing, and and it was just too much for me. And uh, it was like you said, it was a much darker vibe back yeah, it then. Was. Um, you know, just and there was really not a lot of audience. Uh, most nights no yeah and it was uh, the ghost town you know i never really uh meshed with tommy on a performance level yeah has tommy anybody heard you. from him oh uh, well i know uh he had he's doing something in uh nicaragua oh and um uh you know he asked francisco ramos to perform there okay so, um, you know, he's, he's, I guess he's still in the comedy business. I, I know there were rumors of him, uh, I almost said in Brentwood in Buffalo. Yes. I had heard that. I actually spoke with him when he was teaching a class there. Okay. So, cause he passed you, right? Yes. I think I was last Mitzi first Tommy cusp. Okay. Right there. And what year is that around? 2008. Okay, because I know, I think uh, the last person passed by Mitzi was Justin, Justin Martindale. And the last, uh, back then they kind of had like non-regular regulars. Like, yes. Uh, and I think Jason Tebow was the last uh, non, well, I don't know what that was non -paid called. Non-paid regular from yeah. Mitzi. Yeah, uh, so uh, I unfortunately never got to uh, uh, meet her, so... I was her assistant for a year. And how was that? Uh, I'm so grateful for that time now. Like I would have to, like, I'm so grateful for it. It was not easy at the time. There were long, like they were dark years for me, but, um, because I'm, you were just like struggling to find yourself comically or no, I actually, I was doing pretty, pretty well on stage, but she just wouldn't pass me. 
And then like, I would have to drive her home after the showcase. And I'd be like, so like anybody tonight. (laughs) And then, uh, I would have to wake up, get the comedy store van, drive to her house, get her out of bed, make her breakfast and hang out with her all day and then put her to bed, then go work the door at the comedy store. So they were long, long days. Yeah, I don't think people realize the dedication it takes to crack the comedy store. Uh, I worked every job there. I mean, it's, uh, but it's worth it though. Oh, 100% worth it. It's like, just for the friendships alone. Oh yeah. Does that make sense? Lifelong friends. Lifelong friends. People that understand me in a way that non-comics just can't. I love all my friends I grew up with. I love them. They're family to me. But uh, my comedian friends are the best friends I've ever had. There's like that unspoken, we just get each other. It's such a blessing. And I was telling somebody this just last night. I'm so grateful for all the stinky years, all the struggles I've been through. I'm so happy for it because I'm like, you know what? It's made me more compassionate. It's made me way less judgmental because I know what it's like to really work hard and still have nothing. So when I see people that are struggling, I don't automatically think they're lazy or they're not working hard enough. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Or when I see somebody suffering, I'm like, I know what it's like to suffer, so I don't want to see anybody go through it. Because a lot of times it's not about the the lack of work ethic. It's working smart. Yeah, and it's opportunities, man. It's networking and like... And yes. I mean, how long did it take both of us just to get on TV? It's like those opportunities just weren't there. I mean, uh, not really for me. I mean, uh, I just, uh, I mean, I I didn't know how to go about it. And then I lucked into being involved with Roast Battle, which, uh, and then they were, you know, going to take the part I was doing that they were like, you know, it's just too wacky to be on television. Or we have a thing called sponsors. We can't Hysterical. really have a house racist character. Um, and then, you know, it's like, well, I'll try and battle and, you know, it was okay. You did great it. too. Well, it's, uh, I was too nice against Tiana. So I, I didn't want to go uh, full bore. Yeah, you can't be mean to Sarah Tiana. She's too awesome. She just looks at you with that smile and like, you know, it's just, uh, but losing to her is like winning against anyone else. Like, so, uh, but then that got me to other TV shows and like, so hard work and just a little bit of blind luck and, you know, Jeff Ross and Moses, uh, kind, uh, two great dudes. Yeah. I mean, Moses didn't have to, uh, have a, I, I guess I was basically his sidekick. He didn't, he could have just, you know, hog the ball and said, I'm, I just want to be the host. I don't need it. Yeah. Easily could have done that. You know, I don't need a racist sidekick character, <laughs> you know, which always made me laugh that people thought it was real possibly like, do you really think a black host is going to have a, you know, like a people are so silly. Yeah. They believe. So, and then Jeff came on board and got it on TV and, you know, I mean, you and had the rest. Si- yeah. History. Pretty much, you know, uh, but you had similar like path. Like what was your first TV appearance? Uh, Gabriel Iglesias. And how did you meet him? Cause he's not a store guy necessarily. I, Gabriel's kind of like you with me, like where I'm like, I think I remember the first time I met him, but I've known you both so long where I'm like, I don't know. I remember this for certain. I remember in 2005 when Freddie Soto passed away 
God rest his soul. Right. I remember Gabriel and his crew coming to the comedy store to pay their respect. And we got drunk. Um, so I knew I knew Gabe by then. I don't remember the first time. I would hear legends of Gabriel working the door at the comedy store. He did that for a very limited time. That's and then I guess we had a lot of mutual friends. And like these, the early 2000s, like I would be out in Ontario and the door guys would tell me how funny he was. And Joe Malash, who later became his manager. Like we had a lot. So I know by 2005, we did a benefit show for Freddie Soto in El Paso, Texas, which Gabriel, Ralphie, um, Dice all headlined. And I got to open that show. And I remember being friends with Gabriel then. But we didn't really reconnect until the late, great Rowdy Roddy Piper right. had Gabe on his. Because I, I would see Alfred Robles, who's like best friends with Gabriel, at the haha when Alfred wasn't on the road with Gabe. And then we'd always talk wrestling. And he was like, dude, you and Gabe. I was like, I didn't know Gabriel was a wrestling fan. He was like huge, like old school wrestling fan. So then I became friends with Roddy. And then we got Gabriel to meet Roddy and Diamond Dallas Page. And then Gabriel got me to meet Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, he's just the absolute sweetest person I've ever met. He yeah. really is. I mean, that's another guy who takes countless guys and girls on the road with him. And just, he doesn't have he, to. Oh, no, he doesn't have to do. He has literally, he's probably the best person I know. Yeah. He has a heart of gold. He must support between all the people that work indirectly for him, maybe 30, 40 people. Yeah. Like he could just have like a one or two person operation. <laughs> Easily. And like he probably loses a lot of money or doesn't, not that he's losing money, but like he spends a lot of money helping these people. For sure. And, uh, and, but look at how successful he is. That's, I think that's, that's the true, um, that's the blueprint. I think you don't get to where you need, I don't think you can get quote unquote successful without somebody's help. And I don't think you can maintain that success without passing it along. Well, you have to, you have to, it's part, there's like a universal law there somehow where you just need to be a link in the chain. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it's either karma or whatever it is. It's real because know. I've noticed the bet, like think about the most successful comics, uh, Gabriel, Joe, Burr, look of all the people they help. Yeah, I mean, Burr's another one where, you know. He, we, I've never had a charity show where Bill Burr said no. Yeah. And just the. He's, he's an amazing, an amazing person. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, another dude I'd like to throw into that mix, uh, Red Man. Uh, oh, the greatest. All the people he's helped. For uh, sure. You know, you do the, and Hinchcliffe, you know, all the people they throw up as judges or not judges, but whatever on uh, whatever. The simple called. fact Tony created Kill Tony. Look at all the people that's helped already. Yeah, it's helped. Just for stage time. Uh, I mean, it's, it's you know, the, from the judges uh, to the, the 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 Kill Tony girls like Sarah Weinshank and Kim Congdon and uh, Vanessa Johnston. It's it's raised their profile to that. Yes, base. and think of all the people that's inspiring that are just listening to that podcast. And it's a kid in Philly or a kid in Chicago or you're in Des Moines or you're in Belize or you're in uh, Reykjavik and you're going, one day I'm going to do comedy. I'm going to move to the comedy store because if these guys can do it, I can do it. I mean, it's insane. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember sitting in the back watching Barris with Tony. Like, There's two people in the room. Yep. And he was I think he was just a door guy back then. You know, no money working, I think, at uh, Starbucks. 
yep. you know, and so uh, there's so many motivational stories at the comedy store. It's it's an amazing place to be. You know, we all have, uh, you know, there's guys like you and me, you know, did the struggle for a little longer than most. And then there's people yeah. who created, you know, podcasts and, and all kind you know, you know, Jeff Richards, you know. Dude, Jeff did Saturday Night Live and Mad TV. How many people can say that? Two. And for a long time, he was the only guy uh, to be able to say that. That's insane. He's and, so talented. Oh, my God. He's just scary. Like how, He's so uh, good at impressions. You know, he, you close your eyes and you, you can almost feel whoever he's impersonating in the room. Like, yeah, he's awesome. Uh, and then, you know, what... What were your thoughts on Ralphie May? Ralphie just passed uh, last week. You know, I don't think I've ever seen a comic pass away that um, garnered so much respect from everybody. Like, you went yeah, on, you know, it was, if you went on Instagram the day he passed, everyone's feed was there a picture with Ralphie. And because do you know how many people he helped? Oh my God! I mean, insane. Uh, uh, probably hundreds. Hundreds. Uh, literally a heart of gold joey diaz was uh telling me stories like where ralphie would go to the weed store every week buy like a thousand dollars worth of weed for joey thousand dollars worth of weed that's a lot and, of weed and then joey would be like what am i going to do with all this so then he would give it to all the guys at the comedy store so it's like how positive energy or whatever it, it thinks it's dominoes you put he helped joey so then joey could help so-and-so and then they could pass it along the so-and-so and they pass it along the so-and-so like I mean, it's just, uh, I mean, I cried for two days. Uh, um, uh, for yeah. selfish reasons, you know what I'm going to really miss? The fact that he respected me right. made other people go, oh, Steve Simone's cool. Yeah. When Ralphie May would pull into the comedy store parking lot, and this is the most selfish way I can answer you. You knew it. Oh, he would pull up like Rodney Dangerfield and Caddyshack. <laughs> He'd have like a convertible BMW. Hey, kid. Pull in, er, come out. And then, oh, shit, Stevie Simone. And then I'd go hug Ralphie and we'd talk. And then like all the younger comics would be like, oh, my, Steve Simone's friends with Ralphie, yeah. May, And it would make me feel so good. And that's what I'm going to miss. Ralphie always made me feel good. Yeah, that smile, man. Just, uh, it's just like, you know, he offered to take me fishing last month. Just like, no comedy talk, no. I didn't go just because I uh, had like a TV thing, but I, I, I apologize to him. I'm, like, I'm sorry, man, dude. I'd really love to go fishing with you in Jacksonville. He's like, you're on a dope-ass TV show, motherfucker. Don't apologize for anything. Like, he would always make you feel good. Feel good. See, that's the thing about Ralphie. Like, the Ralphie I know, I never worked with him. Unless we were on the lineup together at the store or something. But I, like, never worked the road with him, except for that Freddie Soto benefit. Um, I never partied with him. But I miss him because we would just talk about life together. We would just have legit, honest, mm. legit, honest human interaction in Los Angeles. Which is like you people who aren't comics and you know are listening to this in Canada or Belize or wherever. Like you don't understand the world of LA stand-up comedy is not exactly filled with legit. Basically everything 
Steve just said, honest conversations. Like everyone's looking over your shoulder to see who can, who's over in that corner that can help them or who's more important than you. Yeah. You know, Ralphie was like, you know, you don't get any bigger as a comic than Ralphie. No. And I don't mean his size. I mean like his eight specials by 45 years old. I'm 49. I don't have one. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, I mean, that's, uh, and not just specials on like the, you know, Shabadoo Quinona's network. I'm right. talking network or or and or Comedy Central. Yep. Like the two biggest. The know, big, yeah, the biggest channels of distribution yeah. back to him. I mean, there's a lot of comics who say, well, I have a special out and it's on like, you know. Amazon. Channel 700. Uh, it's like, well, I mean, that's a special, I guess. But I mean, Ralphie was just the biggest of the big. I mean, you don't get any bigger. Uh in terms of your uh, success stature just, in this business than ralphie just so nice and successful for such a long time yes you know i met him in 2000 at a shitty open mic uh where he was watching his friend go up and uh even back then i, I was like oh my god that's ralphie may at this open mic in valley village like do you want to go up and he looked at me like you gotta be kidding me <laughs> I'm like so he just but he stayed to watch all the other comics and he laughed and it's like probably was encouraging yeah and just uh i mean i i'm gonna miss our conversations about abdullah the butcher that's great we were obsessed with him i don't know why what got us started talking uh uh about Abdullah the Butcher and his manager, Gary Hart, who, not the politician, but there was a... Bald guy with a mustache. Oh, it's the, this bald guy, like a Fu, not a Fu Manchu, but kind of weird... Yeah, uh, weird goatee, mustache, Fu Manchu thing. And he was like spoken jive, you know, and, and Ralphie would always imitate him. Like, I'm not Jeff Richards, so this is not a good impression of Ralphie doing an impression, but he was like... Gary Hart would like look into the camera and go, you know, my brothers, Abdullah is coming to the South. And it's so stupid. And like, Nothing better than old school wrestling promos. Oh, my God. There's this one where he's uh, talking about Abdullah fighting. I, I don't remember who. And then Abdullah's in the ring behind the interviewer and Gary Hart biting uh, the ropes. That's <laughs> just so stupid. <laughs> just like... Me and Ralphie would just talk about him on Twitter and, and just like, you know. It's, Dude, I would, every once in a while, I would get like a random retweet, retweet from Ralphie or something. It would just make my day or a random phone call. And I just miss him. Stevie Simone, you're a good man. Yeah, he's just like always uh, encouraging like you to, like I think I posted uh, something about him having eight specials at 45 and, and you know, his first uh, reply wasn't thank you or whatever. It's like, Earl, you're getting yours. I can feel it. Like, yes, you'd always take it That's off. That's the him. perfect way to describe Ralphie. That's how true I know it is. Yep. Then like that t-shirt, uh, I just showed you, uh, if you, I'm, this is not, I'm not trying to get people to follow me on Instagram, but if you go on Instagram and you see, uh, Ralphie, you know, I, I would always call him King Ralphie cause he was a King to me. It's like, there yeah. was no one better. And, uh, he asked, he asked me for my address one day, and I thought that's kind of weird that he was going to send me, like, I don't know, tickets or something to a hockey game in Vegas. And uh, yeah, he had a t shirt made for me uh, that has his face with him wearing a crown. And like, that's Ralphie. Always. I would buy, if you got those printed up, I would buy one of those. 
Well, I mean, I would, to I keep, would, you know, like a replica of the one he gave you to keep his. Yeah, his I mean, memory alive. knowing what a fashion nut I am with my stupid Barbados yeah. and you know Ralph Lorenz cousins line. If uh, there was a fire, God forbid, in this house, and I could take one thing, I would get that. I would grab that T-shirt. That's awesome. Uh, you know, so uh, you know, Ralphie, we we're gonna miss you, man, and. For sure. Yeah. Thanks for being such a good dude. Thank you. Sorry to take it to a, a dark level, but I knew you, you actually knew him. Yeah. So. And well, I don't think it's dark. I think there was a beauty to it all. I think he lived his life in a very beautiful way. Yeah. I mean, uh, what a blessing. Let's be honest, Earl. What a blessing for somebody to have such an impact on so many lives. Hundreds of people. Like, hundreds. No problem. Dude, if you really think about it, do you know how many people thousands. he probably made laugh? Oh, on, watching on his specials, Millions. watching him on TV. Like there's something about comedy. I just read a quote from Joan Cusack today. I love her. And I'm going to paraphrase it. It was something along the lines like we need more comedies because people need to laugh because life can just be so difficult at times. That's the paraphrase. Yeah. Especially in, in today's world, you got the Vegas shooting you got someone like that Ralphie. Was a rough week. Oh, I mean, an awful because Ralphie week. was like the king of Vegas. Yeah. So not only did you have that, you know, the Vegas shooting, which like makes zero sense. So uh, sad. And then Ralphie passing, and you know, it's funny that hockey in Vegas is like the town right now. It's, the whole town is getting behind that hockey team. The Vegas they need Knights. something, yeah. Because it's like last night, I've never watched a hockey game and felt the energy here in my house watching the game and uh, the Vegas Knights had uh, their first home game and uh, their captain uh, he lives in Vegas for the last wow. 14 years which is rare but, yeah that is rare and he gave this amazing speech uh, right before the game he said hey we're all family you know it's like uh, you know we're, we're all one let's uh, unite <laughs> I love that stuff and the Arizona Coyotes uh, were, you know, usually in the national anthem, the teams uh, are pretty spread far apart from each other. Yeah. Uh, but they were all like almost locked in with the the Vegas team, and so it's like you never really see that. And, no. Uh, so it's just funny that you know two teams in the des from the desert were like making everyone forget about the shooting for a few hours. Yeah. So uh, entertainment's important. Yeah, and then you got Harvey Weinstein. Uh, acting like a complete maniac uh which uh, now i i'm being completely serious when I, I say this like i don't think people really realize uh, how many weinsteins there are out there uh i i was weinstein uh, attempted weinstein twice in my life mm -hmm. have you ever been uh, uh in an uncomfortable situation with like a comedy club manager or agent Mm, no, I don't. Oh, yeah, one situation actually. Guy or girl? It was a dude. Yeah, and it was a, uh, but never spoken about. Like never crossed the line or whatever. But I was like, I think I'm gonna go. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, I didn't know what to do, and I just left. Well, because it's like, uh, you know, in my two situations, I mean, you know, one guy was like. The biggest casting director in town. I don't want to say too much. He's passed away since, so uh, you know uh, I don't want to give away who he was. But like he called me into his office and 
you know, I think he'd seen me at the, I don't know, one of those shitty open mics I was doing. And uh, he's like, hey, man, my, I ran a marathon and my balls are bruised. What? And he started taking off his pants. I'm like, come on, dude. This ain't happening. That's the worst line. I ran a marathon and my balls are bruised. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's now that I think about it. It's so I pathetic. Mean, I'll give him points for uh, panache. <laughs> and then I, I'm going to give this guy one more chance. Uh, so this is how, I mean, even though I'm from LA and all my friends were agents and managers, I'm still a bit naive uh, today. But Yeah, I'm totally naive. You know, I, I go over to his house. I'm gonna give him one more Same chance. dude. Same dude. I thought, all right. Marathon yeah. balls. Yeah. Now that he knows this ain't happening, and so he takes me out to his yard, and he's got this beautiful uh, movie trailer in his yard. I'm like, wow, that's great, man. He's like, yeah, David Duchovny gave it to me. I'm like, do you want to go in it? I'm like, yeah. Ugh. And then uh, you know, I go in there by myself, and I'm like, it's like, wow, this is what a, a, a I don't know if it was David Duchovny's trailer, but right. Uh, I was like, wow, this is what like an A-list stars trailer looks like. And then I hear the door open and then it closes. I'm like, dude, <laughs> you want your next casting session, people to be able to see your face. You better open that door up, bro. Uh, but, you know, that's Did just, he apologize? Not really. Uh, <sighs> but, you know, that's like, so you can imagine if a guy like me is getting that, what, young, younger girls or, or oh. guys. Oh, it's it puts the whole system set up for that to happen, which is the most disturbing part to me. Like maybe not as egregious as those overt things, but uh, you know, people take advantage of women in this business. You know, I've gone on and, and dudes, obviously, you know, it's like people take advantage, I guess maybe because it's so difficult to have access to those opportunities that people, uh, they use that leverage they have over people to get what they want. And it's, um, it's oh, not it's awful. It's not nice. I mean, I saw it the other, uh, not the other night, maybe about a month ago at the comedy store where this uh, really young female comic is on stage and she's very, very funny. Yeah. And uh, this guy comes up to her. She uh, stood by me after her set, mm -hmm. just watching the other comics. This guy with sandals on and like holes in his pants gives her some business card and goes, I can make your career. Let's have lunch. Yeah. It's like, dude, you're in sandals and you have holes in your pants. And he really said said that. Oh, he was being completely serious. And like this girl, is, and she's very smart. Uh, you know, it's like. Uh, well, the, the problem is it's not even when it's that blatant. It's like, I remember a joke I wrote years ago was being a, a hot girl is like being a kid with a swimming pool. You don't know who's really your friend and who just wants to go swimming. <laughs> Like, even just think about very funny female comics, but how many guys are like, you're so funny. Let's write together. Do you want to open up for me? Yeah. And then they're dating. And it's like, it's, it's, there's a lot, it's weird. It's a line there that it's just like, I think you're like, like, we can at least just be, I can just be friends with chicks and like go, yeah. dude, you're funny. You're awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, you know uh i mean it's hard when you're attracted to them but i can like uh, be friends and like you know there's like so many women in this city that so many you don't have to uh fuck every last one of them no uh so i think there's so many options here that's why people sort of go mis get miserable and then also like wind up not getting married because they just get overwhelmed 
Well, especially in this business. Like, yeah. In one sense, you shouldn't date comics because, you know, if it ends bad, then you got to deal with them. And Yeah, and I don't ever want people knowing my business. Well, that's the thing at the comedy store. It's probably the only bad thing about the comedy it's store. It's 10th grade. Uh, it's like uh, I've lost the last uh, three girlfriends in part to the comedy store mm. just because it's uh, – you know, oh, she's fucking Earl. Maybe she'll fuck me. And like, oh god, uh, I mean, that's literally their mindset. Um, you know, and then there's a race to uh, be cool if like the girl's hot or funny or whatever. Uh, you know, then they think, well, people think I'm cool if I'm fucking her. It's like not really, dude. Mm. Uh, so really, it's like tenth grade. That place can be like a high school. Oh, yeah, and I fell into the trap a few times, you know, uh, especially with Roast Battle can be a little clicky and, you know, because that's a competitive show to a degree. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like a hierarchy and, like, you know. Would you form alliances with other people and have them, like, help you write and come up with Oh, absolutely. I view, I, I'm open about it. Uh, I, you know, in Montreal, I had uh well they know uh you know i've said their names before doug uh fager and omid singh uh two great guys talking mm -hmm. about great guys that they're, they're it uh you know and i had uh a few uh jeff danish i um, love that kid as soon as steve renazizi lost another great guy renazizi did the best uh, he's helped me more than anybody yeah i mean he's like he's like the sweetest person in the world like he's helped me professionally financially emotionally like where I'm like, dude, what do I do here? I don't know what to do because he's been through it, you know. Right. Yeah, he's a I mean, great dude. I I love that dude like a brother. Oh, he's always been cool to me, and uh, you know. But when Steve lost, uh, Danish came up to me and said, "I'm a mercenary. What do you need?" And uh, so uh, I use writers on that because it's not really my sense of humor. No. Uh, in terms of like, I like to make fun of myself. I don't like to sit there and look at you and go, okay, well, And Steve. there's a playfulness to what you do, and there's a silliness to what you do. You know what I mean? No matter yeah. what you talk about, we know when you're joking, but roast battle can get a little mean. Well, I mean, it's, uh, you know, like like if I were to roast you, like yeah. not roast battle, but roast you, you know, you're going to shit all over you, but then at the end, you're going to tie it up where i how great i think you are and, and yes like the old dean martin right. kind of roast uh but you know roast battles a little more at least how i do it is you know more like okay how can i uh, say something so mean and cruel to steve that it's gonna interrupt take, what take he's it. gonna say about me yes take take the fight out of him <laughs> so but you know it, it's like i'm like an 80s guitar player who was classically trained but was making no money playing classical music and dyed his hair blonde and Randy Rhodes. Yeah. Started playing pink guitars and became a millionaire like CC DeVille. Like, you know, I yes. sold out, but in a good way because uh, the show's given me everything. So. Are they bringing that back? You know, I'm not sure. I, I yeah, it's, that's not going anywhere. They just had something in the UK. Oh, uh, cool. In which Jeff, Brian, and I think Jimmy Carr, the great legendary Jimmy Carr. He's another nice guy. I brought him up on stage yeah. once and I was like, you know, and he came up to me afterwards. He was like, mate, that was so nice. <laughs> he was my second opponent. And like, people think we hate each other because we went pretty deep on each other. Yeah, that was a good one. I, that was one of the few battles that I did watch. They We were watching it on the front patio of the comedy store. I mean, it was like Rocky. 
in the bar when everyone's watching. Yeah, that's exactly what it was like. That was exactly what it was like. Uh, but he is so nice to me. And like, uh, you know, like a couple of weeks ago, he was in town. He was, he was giving me advice when I was talking with him about some frustrations. And he, his advice was uh, worry about your side of the road and be funny. And it's like, well, that's like. So smart. Yeah, it's like, you know, you hear that and you go like, no shit, dude. But then when you hear Jimmy Carr say it, it's like, okay, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. He doesn't have to say that to me. Like, he doesn't have to help me, especially me, you know. So, uh, you know, it's nice to see him in L.A. when he's, you know, here. And, like, he's incredibly nice and great, very humble. Yeah. Like people I don't think people realize he's one of the biggest comics in the world, not just America. Yeah. Globally. Like, you know, globally, he's like in the Russell Peters like yeah. category. It's amazing. So God, I just want to be able to headline funny bones whenever I want to. You know yeah, what I mean? I, like I just I want to make a couple grand a week just doing what I love. That would yeah. be awesome. I'd be so I just want the podcast to like you know, I love doing this. Hanging out is my favorite thing in life. Like the thing I think I love most about being a comic, I love the laughter. I love making people laugh. I view it as my service to society. But my favorite thing is this. Yeah. Like I can't wait until like my day job's wrapped up and I can just hang out at the comedy store every night to two in the morning and just hang out. That's what I do. It's the best, right? Uh, I, yeah, just like you have a great podcast. Where can people find it? Uh, it's it's on All Things Comedy, so it's available on Stitcher, iTunes, uh, Libsyn, all that stuff. It's called Good Times. And honestly, the most downloaded episode this year was you. Well, I'm second to Burt Kreischer, but... Uh, that's right. It was Burt. Well, Burt was la last year, I think. But in... Well, I'll take it. I'll take being second to Burt. No, absolutely. Burt killed it. And then you. But I mean... And that I might be all time. No, I think Ari's number two all time. Well, Ari's like, uh, you know, if I could be third to Burton. And, this and is Ari. starting to turn into a bit. Look, if I could, oh, okay, Joey Diaz, did right. you pot? If I could be fourth. Yeah, I would be. Like, it's <laughs> like. Dude, you know. I mean, out of the gate, your episode took off like a rocket. Everybody loved it because it was just like, we've always been friends. But then that was just like, oh my God, of course I'm friends with this dude. He's the best. Like right now, do you know who I know is loving this podcast? Our friend Daniel. Yes, 100% so. And Daniel's the best. He has, uh, talk about a guy like a life that, uh, you know, just been dealt an unfair hand. Yep. Uh, you know, in a wheelchair and like, I've never heard him complain. Now he's a warrior. Uh, you know, just like, so when we have a bad set or, whatever happens in our life where we get a little like bitter breakup, you know, which I've certainly uh, dealt with uh, over the years. It's like, uh, you know, Daniel doesn't complain about anything, anything. or uh, our friend, Louis Rivera. Another great dude. He did like hit by a fucking bus or something. He was telling me his story and he was crying laughing as he was telling me. Yeah. I mean, this guy he smiles, you know, just like, you know, uh, like if you can smile and be in their situations where, you know, they're not going to ever walk again and like, you know, their sole thing that makes them happy is coming to see us do comedy. It's like, you know, that's why I do comedy. Me too. It's not for the money or the fame. No, I would have quit oh. a long time ago. 
if you get into comedy, especially in LA, I don't know what New York's like necessarily, but if you get into comedy in LA for money and fame, you'll quit in three months. Yeah, it's true. That has to be a calling. It has to be that thing where, you know, this is your way of serving. That has to be. Yeah. And then to see people like Daniel and, and Lewis and, you know. I've met so many cool kids like that because of comedy. Because you do a lot of charity work. And I know a lot of people don't like to talk about it. Yeah. But like, I have to let people know what an amazing dude you are just because, you know, you help out at like children's hospitals and, and, you know, you're always. Hey, Matt, I'm just grateful that I have friends like you that allow me to help more people. Does that make sense? Like, I don't do anything, but I just. I don't do anything. I'm just a bridge. I connect people that can do things, and that's it. And yeah, but know. that's like I would have never known. Like you know, Lewis, uh, you know, and I think he uh, does. He still need anything or now that uh, he hasn't hit me up. So well, I mean, uh, you know, Lewis, our friend Lewis needed a new. I think a new uh, motor or something for his wheelchair, and yeah, you know, uh, Steve put the word out, and just on Steve putting the word out, uh, raised what needed to be raised, and. Uh, you know, uh, you do uh, make a wish work. Uh. Whatever I can do to help, anything. It's cool, cause yeah, it's 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 just makes you feel better. Yeah, it's the only way to live, man. But sometimes I feel guilty, like that I'm using these kids to make myself feel better by, you know, doing comedy for them or giving whatever I can. Uh, they give me more than I think I'm giving them. Absolutely. Like I was on the phone today with a mom from uh, Children's Hospital and her son I met a couple years ago there and he's got spinal bifida. But now he's, you know, he's getting ready to go to college. Like I, I couldn't be prouder of this kid. He's so, so awesome. And he's like the first kid from his family to go to college. So his mom was coming to me for advice and she wants me to talk to her. And I'm like, yes. Like I, I walked in the work this morning after spending, you know, half hour phone conversation. I'm like, oh, my day's already, I've already won today. Right. I, and, and it's only going to get better when I get to sit down and be a part of this kid's, you know. Yeah, I mean. It's the greatest. Even the heartaches that we go through professionally or, or personally, it's like they don't compare to anything what these kids go through. No. You know, just. Uh, and the parents, man. So. Oh, my Daniel's mom. I don't know. She's Lewis. a saint. Yeah. Oh, my God. For sure I mean, a saint. The night I uh, went over there to watch Monday Night Raw with Daniel, uh, you know, just uh, to see her do what she has to do to, like, you know, yep, help him. every day. I mean, that was, like, six years ago, whatever it was, and it still is in my brain what she has Me to too. do every day. Every day. And not just once a day. Like, he's got a shower and all that stuff. Yep. And, Dude, we should go out and see him. Yeah, it's been a Daniel. If you're listening, buddy, we're thinking of you. We'll be out there soon. We'll yeah, watch. Dude, let's do lunch again. Go. Uh, of course, I had to drive the van that day, Daniel. I was afraid. Oh my god! I was like, dude, I, I can't drive this because I'm so fucking nervous. Like, I don't want you know to hit the brakes or something and have him go rolling out That's the freeway. Why I was like, I can't do this. You know, <laughs> you say rolling out the freeway. That reminds me of when I bombed at Roddy's Memorial, which you graciously uh, let me uh, host or whatever. Yeah, it was great. Because you were too shaken up. Or, or well, like, what it was is uh, I started it, and I explained why we were all there. And then I wanted to make sure that it was still fun. So I was like, Earl, you got to do this, man. And I know that for as much as I loved Roddy, I know you felt the same. Oh, my God. Roddy was like the best. I mean, it's been a rough uh, year or two in the world of comedy with 
you know, losing who we've lost, you know, Roddy, Ralphie. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I want to say there's probably been a few more. We just have to focus on uh, enjoying every day. And I think with all the recent tragedy in the world, it's so easy to get caught up in it. But the truth is life is a gift. Yeah. And every day we have a choice whether to celebrate it or not. Yeah. Tomorrow is promised to nobody. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. not. It's like, dude, the simple fact that you're listening to this podcast, that's a miracle. It really is that we're here. I don't care what your belief system is. Like, I happen to believe in God, but some of my best friends are full blown atheists. But it's kind of cool that when we really talk and connect, we can both agree with the fact that it's, when you think about it, it's miraculous that we get to experience this thing called life. Oh, yeah, because you, you never know, know uh, you know, uh, what happens tomorrow in four hours. Yeah. I can drop dead and have a heart attack. Easily. Know? I mean, look at Ralphie. Like, he, he had a show at Harris. He went to, uh, I think it was Burger King with his friends. Everything was great. They, they get home, uh, someone's house in Vegas. Everything's normal. Ralphie goes into his room and, and you know, doesn't wake up like so it's appreciate what you have in life and like do stuff for others you live a happier life you know it's really that simple isn't it amazing how complicated we make life but when it really comes down to just that appreciate what you have try to do something nice for somebody else celebrate the good times and that's it it's yeah it's that so, simple so much more energy uh put into being a dick then to, to be yeah. nice is like, oh, it's just not that hard to. Yep. And uh, it took me a long time to get to this point. You know what I mean? I tried all the different ways to try to make myself happy. I would drink. I would like, I, I, I don't know. I was a prisoner of my ambition at one point where I thought like, if I didn't make it, then my I was worthless or unlovable. Right. Like I definitely had that unworthy feeling that I think a lot of people struggle with where people just walk around not feeling worthy of love or not feeling worthy of living their dream or not just dude you're perfect exactly as you are get out of your own head go give somebody a hug go give somebody sandwiches that's hungry and have a couple laughs with your buddies it's that simple well because in this business it's hard to uh, everything is so what show are you on now you know everything's your credit oh, who cares? Uh, you know like but, but like that's just the way it is like you know when, when i was in say 2007 zero tv credits none really on the horizon yeah. <laughs> you know I, i'm as nice of a guy uh you know back then as i am now but it's yeah like, it's great now people are nicer to me because oh well you're on this show and that show and like well why weren't you this way to me in 2007 now you know the difference dude be good to the people that were good to you yeah i mean rob schneider's another guy who uh he was good to you early on right yeah he's the first uh well, Ian Bag was the first person to uh, hockey. Uh, we had a hockey in common, yeah. And I was lucky enough. He was like uh, a mentor to me because I loved his style, and uh, you know he had. A He's talk so show. quick. Oh my god, best crowd work. Him and Rick Ingram. Yep. I mean, it's like there's Gretzky and Lemieux of crowd work there at. Yep. Uh, but uh, you know, Ian and, and then Rob like showed me. Oh, there is a good side to this business. You know, sold out crowds every night. Like, what is this? Even though you realize no one's there to see you. Yes. I mean, even uh, Gail, my girlfriend at the time, she was there to see Rob. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but it's like, and then you know, uh, you know, through other avenues, you just keep climbing, and 
going, wow, I want, I want those crowds again. So it made me hungry to like, I want those casino crowds again, where I was like, you know, cause it's tough opening up for a big comic. Yeah. Like you, I mean, we've opened up for like, I spent years opening up for Polly. And, and that's I'm very a, grateful for those opportunities. And that's tough. Like, cause you realize they're there to see him. That there's not one, unless you're in Philly, your hometown yep. where you'll have family members here. But like, if you're in Idaho, you know, they're there to see the Wii's. Yes. And, and, and even more so like you could do great because there's like an extra level of energy when somebody sees a movie star and when people are paying a premium, like I, when I do the road, it's half the times the room, the tickets are comped or it's like a Tuesday night and there's 30 people there. But Paulie, all the shows are sold out. Everybody's paid to be there. There's a difference and they're oh, paying yeah. a premium. They're paying, if the normal ticket's 15, they're paying 30 to see Paulie. It's their one big date night of the uh, month and it's rock star energy and you could go out and kill and it doesn't matter because they're there to see Paulie. Like after the show, people will out like, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, after the show, we're usually working the merch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Packing luggage. Yeah, you were really shirts. funny. Uh, oh, great. What size do you want? Yeah, do you want a small or medium? <laughs> do you want Rob to sign it? I used to love working the merch table for him, though. I mean, it was fun interacting. With yes, people, interacting like, with the people was the best. You know, you're taking their money, but you're trying to be, you know, hey, you know, you know, trying to do shtick while you're. Jeff Richards was the best merch man I've ever seen in my life. Like the way he would sell someone on not just Rob's merch, but his merch was so funny. Like he would sell DVDs of his uh, ass wax for hunger video. <laughs> Jeff would just, they'd pick it up look at it Jeff would take it from him open up the plastic seal and go you want an autograph right and then they would just be like uh yeah, yeah. Like they'd buy it just Jeff. just avoid saying no yeah like a shady used car salesman yeah, the, the pressure sale is, what would he sell those for uh I think like 15 or 20 bucks and then that adds uh, up you know, uh, it was just so like, I was so lucky to, you know, cause for like basically four years, it was me opening Jeff and then Rob. So I, to work with those two for so long was like, wow, this that is, had to be fun. I was like the least funny guy every night. So I'm like, wow, this is motivating to know that as far as I've come, I still got a long way to go. It's the best thing about it. It really is like martial arts. It's like, oh yeah, you have your black belt. Well, you don't have your red stripe. So keep going. Yeah. You might be a black belt, but uh, we're going to have you roll Fabrizio over Doom. Let's, yeah, exactly. Let's see how uh, that grabs you. <laughs> exactly. Because so, like in the few karate classes or whatever I've taken, you know, you're in there against smaller uh, people at times. So you kind of like, you might not be as good as them, but you maybe like outmuscle them a little bit. But then when you get into the more advanced classes. Yeah, you're done. And, you know, you're against guys or in some cases, girls your size are bigger. Yep. Like, oh, I'm not good. I'm just was a little stronger than that last group. Yes. So there's always levels. As soon as you think you're the guy, there's always you're like, whoa. There's all yeah. I mean, that's in comedy too. There's like, there's, you know, as funny as I think I am, like there's a lot of people funnier. Yeah, you know what I love about comedy is discovering somebody I didn't know existed. Yeah. And then I'm like, whoa, this dude is hilarious. Like this year on uh, Ari's, um, This Is Not Happening, the Comedy Central show, there were some comedians I never saw before that killed it. Killed it. Yeah, I mean, there's just... Like this dude, Rob Christensen, because I hadn't seen him. This lady, Jessa Reed, killed it. Dave Landau. All these... 
young comics that I hadn't seen before that just destroyed. Oh, it, I mean, it's the best because I'm a co- I'm a comedy fan first. Oh, sure. You know, I'm like, make me laugh, and like, oh, I want to be your friend. There's just so many. Like, even when I went to uh, judge uh, a roast battle in New York at the stand. You know, and I don't know a lot of New York. I mean, I do now, but back then I didn't know a lot of New York comics. And there's just like, uh, my God, these guys and girls are great. You know, Aaron Berg, uh, Mike Feeney. Yeah. Uh, Zach Amico, uh, Louis Gomez. Uh, just so many. Uh, yeah, that's why I want to go to New York just to see. Oh, it's amazing. Like that that festival I did in June, which you should totally do, Skankfest. Uh, it's basically run by Jay Okerson. I love uh, Big Jay. Oh, I like that. There, there's another dude, like sweetheart. Uh, so funny. You know, I did an open mic with him in Philly. That's crazy. Like two of them. I remembered it was. Do you know who else? Kevin Hart was there. Like you think about that. That on a random. I think they used to do it on Tuesday nights. Might have been Thursday. I think it was Tuesday. On a random Tuesday night in Philly, twenty years ago. Like I did, got booed off stage. One week, quick comedy in my brain. Came back two weeks later. Kevin Hart was really nice to me. Did the open mic the following week. Then won a contest and moved out here. And I'd done a few shows before that. Well, Philly's a great comedy. So. Great comedy. Well, think about it, all the comp Dude, from that region, they they kill it. I mean, Neil Brennan. Yeah. Uh, Pat Barker. Pat Barker. Oh, dude, he's the best. Oh, he's such a good dude, too. Like, that's another guy. Like, Adam you- McKay, Tina Fey. Yeah, I mean, it's, Jamie Kennedy, Dom Irera, Jimmy Schubert, Kevin Hart, Big J. Yeah, I mean, it's quite That's a scene. Heat. And there's not that many clubs there. You know, no, so well, it's like there used to be a place called the Laugh House on South Street where I did those open mics. And then they didn't really get an A room till like 2008 when Helium opened. That might have been 2007, 2000, somewhere around there. But prior to that, they didn't, they didn't have it. Now they have two A rooms they have the Punchline and Helium. But I mean, even that, it's like, you know, you think that the city, the size of Philadelphia, like there's two clubs, basically. I mean, I know there's other. Uh, yeah, because there's millions of people in that metropolitan area. And so if you're a comic, you know, it's very much like New York. You know, there's the stand in the cellar and there's, you know, New York Comedy Club. Yeah, the and, strip. Uh, but like, I think, you know, uh, there's two or three comedy clubs in New York, which but there's probably who knows how many comics. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's it's tight to get into these clubs. Competition's fierce. Well, there's everyone, uh, especially now that comedy's good. Yeah, I mean, it's that just, there's audiences and people want to do it. When we got we got started, we did it for the love of the game. There was yeah. no stand up was dead. Well, yeah, and then you know, like a show like Last Comic, you know, which uh, I kind of have a love hate thing with because it's like I guess in one sense it brought stand up to the forefront but i think it also gave a lot of comics who shouldn't be doing it the idea of oh i only need two three minutes yeah because they that's you know they show it in one or two minute chunks yeah so uh you know i think it gave a lot of actors and musicians well i'll just do comedy now until my music takes off yeah so i think it watered you know the field quite a bit with the people who shouldn't be there uh, but hey, who am I? Hey, you never know. You, you, you know, know, you never know what one of those people could turn into. I mean, it's possible, but like the, all the winners are good. And the people who finished second, like, uh, you know, Ian Bag finished second. Uh, Ralphie May finished second. Yeah. Uh, Stanhope had a great uh, joke about Ralphie. Uh, what did he say? Because Ralphie said, I, 
they were tight yeah i mean you know ralphie said when i die uh, don't cry uh, make jokes about me mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> stan you knew it would lead the way uh said something to the effect of uh, losing to dad fan on last comic standing i guess ralphie never got over it you know just like stand-up's awesome uh, so uh you know so it, it i don't know i see it as both a good and bad thing for comedy when we kind of got into it because you know i went into it going oh i'll just work hard and write every day and try and be funny and then I, yep. that show kind of catapulted some people who you know it probably shouldn't have yeah but uh, it's like we said at the top of the podcast like yeah some people get lucky man it yeah last I, it doesn't last like dude mitzi shore f- told me the godmother of comedy herself the lady probably she's probably more responsible for the art form of stand-up comedy than any other one single person to have it switch from comedians just telling jokes to being more of an expression of self and she told me it takes 25 years to become great. And when she told me that, I was like, you're crazy. Cause I was three years in and now I'm like, she's absolutely right. And I was just pissed because I'm like, I can't last that long. I need you to pass me now so I can get good. Well, you know, it's, it's, I see both your points. Like, cause I've grown as a comic in the last three years. Just from the stage time, right? Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. And like the, the pressure of like, uh, you know, the lineups that you're on, like, and you know, what sucks about the comedy store now, the fact that like, you can't be as loose with your set because you got to bring your a stuff. Yeah. I think you can work out a little bit, but it's hard to, it's hard because those spots are so coveted. I think Rogan said it best. Uh, said something to the effect of, I can't do new material here. Cause like, the fans want the hits. Yeah, there's too many killers. So uh, now I know you got a spot at the comedy store. So Steve Simone, I mean, we will definitely. Uh, you got like five minutes. Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. I just because I uh, the store. You know, the store is uh, it's eight fifteen here. Steve, I'm going to release this podcast literally while Steve's on stage. Oh, so, that's awesome. Uh, if people aren't running the light. This will be a late announcement, but Steve Simone will be at the comedy store in one hour. <laughs> There's a lot of light running at the store. Except when Rogan's there. I wonder why that never happens mm. when Joe's in the house. Uh, He's a definitely a comedy sheriff. Ralphie was a comedy sheriff. Oh, yeah. I mean, Ra- Ralphie was just like, he kept it real. Yeah. You know, and I just... Uh, his memorial, by the way, I think it's uh, open to the public, but uh, maybe not. Uh, but I'll say where it's at anyway. Uh October 23rd at the Improv, uh, Monday, 8 p.m. Uh, I'm not sure if, uh, if there's tickets available, or uh, but I know uh, every comic in the city will be there. Yeah, It'll pay their respect. Be a lot of tears, uh, you know, just because, uh, man, it's just, I can't express how amazing a man that guy was. And, uh, you know, so if you're in or around L.A. October 23rd, uh, please stop by the improv and uh, pay your respects to a legit uh good man amen. great man uh, amen so and uh, don't make jokes about him on twitter only his true friends are making jokes about him so uh let's have some civility here meanwhile i'm doing eight harvey weinstein jokes an hour uh so i mean this guy's out of control <laughs> jesus christ uh, that's the opposite side of ralphie man this business 
Yeah. But uh, you go, uh, where uh, can people see you, Steve? Uh, you got I got a bunch of dates coming up. Get them. I'm going to be at the House of Comedy in Arizona, Phoenix, the 25th through the 28th of October. And then I'm going to be doing some one-nighters in the mountain towns of Colorado, I think. I have to make sure I'm allowed to do that because I don't want to mess things up with the comedy works. It's my f- favorite oh, club. Uh, dude, that's uh, the owner there. Wendy is the coolest person ever. She, remi- no, I can't say reminds me because I never really formally met Mitzi, but she seems to me to be like what Mitzi was in her prime. Very similar. She has such a love for comics and comedy. And there's So I don't want to do anything to upset her. There's nothing that goes on. I did the landmark comedy works. Which- I haven't done that one. The downtown club. My three favorite rooms are La Jolla Comedy Store, downtown Denver Comedy Works, and Yuck Yucks in Calgary. Dude, I should see if I could bring you because I'm doing two shows in Canada. I'm doing Calgary. I think it's the last week in November. Dude, that room is amazing. And my buddy Scott that runs that place told me Brett to Hitman Hart's been hanging out. And I'm like, you have to invite him out to my shows. And when I went to the Hart house, we hopped the fence so I could see the dungeon. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because Scott's one buddy, his gym teacher was one of, uh, was related to Bret Hart. And then, um, let's see who else. Uh, and then I'm going to be at the comics, the house of comedy in Edmonton. Have you done that club? It's amazing. Amazing. I'm going to be there Christmas week. If you have merch, bring it there. I know I'm going to order more. Like, uh, they, they were even buying my merch and this was like five years ago when I was such a, well, cause they do, they help you. They go, if you buy a CD for 20 bucks, they give you two free tickets to come back. Yeah. And it's like, you know, no offense to the city of Edmonton. It's awesome. Like, but there's not a lot to do there necessarily. Yeah. Except there's things, the house, of Com- no, it's a comic strip, right? Oh yeah. The comic strip. You're right. Comic strip and the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the mall is unbelievable. We were there with Schneider and Richards for, I think, the weekend. I didn't even see 40% of that mall. It's so fucking big. Huge. Like, it's like the malls here, uh, like Beverly Center is a pretty big mall. Yep. It's literally 10 Beverly Centers. Yeah. And then New Year's Eve, I'm at the Mall of America. Which I found uh, funny that the Mall of America and the West Edmonton Mall, it's like, the, the bloods and the crips they literally argue over which is bigger, bigger. that's i think it's uh i think edmonton has more square footage but there's some weird thing that uh the mall of america says that they have more stores like <laughs> so they're both claim it's so funny that's the best but uh, the great rick bronson yeah uh, he's awesome he is uh rick well, and he was a my comic. favorite Oh, uh, yeah he's fun yes he's I a mean, legend up there if he still does it but like he's he, a legend I, I, I rolled with him at Montreal this year and it was like rolling around with the Godfather. Like he is the man. I love Canadians, man. If you're listening, I love you guys. You're just good people. And Rick's wife, Tammy, uh, the coolest, like very gracious to me. And, uh, you know, it's so fun, especially for me to play like Edmonton and Calgary. Cause you're a uh, hockey guy. They're it's like, so deep into hockey. Yep. Uh, like I remember the last night and I know you got to get going, but I came out on stage in Edmonton, uh, with two jerseys on, I had a Calgary Flames jersey on, and Oilers jersey on underneath it. So, <laughs> so they're booing me, and I'm like, "Yeah, Flames rule," and whatever I was doing. Then I took it off, and they saw the Oilers, and it was like the biggest ovation I've ever gotten in my life. <laughs> so, uh, where can people find you on Twitter and Instagram? Uh, at Steve Simone, S I M E O N E, Steve Simone Comedy on Instagram. Well, if you didn't have another spot, we'd go at least another hour for sure. But, uh, 
please, guys. I know I say this a lot, and the great thing about this podcast is I literally have loved 99.9% of the people on this podcast. Maybe one person, not so much. Uh, <laughs> it, it was uh, one of the early guests back in like one of the first 10 episodes. You can go back and figure it out. Uh, please follow Steve Simone. There's not a guy in LA comedy and probably comedy in general who is nicer, gives back to the community, and he's going to be a star. And I really mean that. Sometimes I bullshit when I say that about some guests. But like, just just follow this man, uh, buy his merch. Do you have a website? Yeah, awesomesteve.com. Awesomesteve.com. Uh, just please support this guy. If you're not going to leave a review for me, support Steve. Because uh, he's just, you know, he's on that Ralphie May level of just niceness and generosity and you know does he's probably embarrassed that i mentioned the children's hospital and all that stuff but i had to say it because he uh he deserves the recognition of that and uh he'll come back they'll be around too for sure yeah let's do it and uh just please follow steve simone and uh ralphie we love you uh we know you're looking down at us calling us faggots and stop crying but uh, i'm not gonna stop crying october 23rd at the improv is gonna be uh, uh the you know niagara falls uh, there's gonna be so many tears but uh, we love you ralphie and uh steve simone it's the best thank you for having me buddy i love you love you. you we'll see you guys later itunes and soundcloud thanks for the support hey.